straight, no chaser. So, once again, welcome to another episode of Straight No Chase of the Podcast, where we talk about everything from politics to music to everything else. You know what I'm saying? So, um, thank you for tuning in. Please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, um, email us, talk to us. We want to hear all about that. And um, yeah, you can find us at Spotify, YouTube. Facebook, Instagram, just everywhere that you find podcasts. We're out there. Straight No Chase of the Podcast. Please uh, keep listening. So on that note, speaking of keeping listening, we got to get into, oh yeah, y'all want to introduce yourselves? Go for it, KG. What up? You see the shirt? That's what I feel. That's right. I'm Rushing Rook, uh, Straight No Chaser. I think we need to get them t-shirts. I, I keep coming with a different t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, let's go. What's going on with your boy Ox? Let's get it. I mean, okay, so we might as well jump off with the, I guess, number one thing going on right now. For the third week in a row, Megan Thee Stallion. That's not and, number one. Huh? That's not the number one thing. We leave out with that, but that ain't the number one thing that people talk about right now. Right, and Ooh. I don't even know if it's the third week in a row, but it's- It's the third week in a row. Megan Thee Stallion, Tory Lanez, we're going back into it. People are pissed because Tory Lanez is alleged to have sent a text message to Megan Thee Stallion in the aftermath of allegedly shooting her in the foot. And in this text message, he says that he's sorry for something. He got too drunk. He doesn't exactly say what he did, but you know, that's kind of what it is. So the internet is pissed off. Everybody's still mad. Do y'all have any further thoughts about this whole situation other than Tory Lanez is a bum? I'm mad. I'm mad too. I'm, I'm pissed. Like, that's, I mean, roll it back to the beginning. You shot this sister. Mm -hmm. Nobody cared until she boohooed on her live. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out why no one cares that arguably the most popular rap artist in the game right now is shot. So we go through the whole, I said arguably. So we go through this whole rigmarole. We get to a point where people is like, well, no one's heard from Tory. No people heard from his camp. Mm -hmm. And then they heard from Tory and Tory was saying some BS um, about how, what was his comment? About how his spins haven't dropped. His streaming hasn't dropped that he said something about that before publicly, before he said anything about what happened to Megan. And then now he's not even saying anything publicly. He's shooting her a text talking about, yeah, my bad, I was drunk. But this is immediate, this allegedly happened like 10, 15 hours after oh, he did the that event. The night of, the, the, the night of, the day of. Right, right. Okay. So, so it's not like weeks and weeks later, it's the night of. 
Let me revamp that. Still pissed. Still upset. You have made no statements about this whatsoever. You're talking more about your popularity and your notoriety and whether or not your streaming has dropped. And you want to make mm-hmm. sure that people know that you're still in the game and you're still relevant. But you shot somebody. So because I'm, you was too I'm drunk. Not feeling it. I'm not Because you was drunk. Man, shut up. I don't want to hear that. I was drunk. Well, being drunk is going to excuse <laughs> excuse you from doing all types of foul stuff. Because I was drunk. They always say, they, they, they used to say a drunk mouth speaks a sober mind. So... Whatever you do when you're drunk, it's pretty much what you wanted to do. I don't really know how to feel about this because I hope the internet don't kill me on this. I really don't. Yes. Nah. In all seriousness, I'm not going to say I don't care about it, but I'm numb to it. There's been so much going on this summer she's still here right albeit she's been shot i hurt for her that she experienced that but there are plenty of people who ain't here you know think about brianna taylor i think about george floyd i think about amon arbery um we just had an anniversary for the brother that was killed in his apartment i hurt because of that and the fact that we're still still kind of in that same situation um that's a domestic situation to me. I view it as such. We just happen to be privy to it because they're famous. But in the grand scheme of things, that's big money problems or bigger money problems than what you know any of us are kind of experiencing. That's not necessarily a life problem, you know, or it's a relationship issue. A lot of people are in domestic violence situations. I I don't. We deal with that at work a couple of times. Most people, most jobs have people that are involved in that, and sometimes it trickles over to the workplace. And at work, it don't stop moving. You provide a, a safety plan for people, or people have a safety plan in place. But the world keep going. I feel like there, there are bigger things happening around the world besides that. So I'm kind of numb to it. Not that I'm minimizing it. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't rank very high on my level of priorities to, to to give a fuck about it. Eh, understandable, you know. Yeah. No, I think I think the crazy thing about it is though, like I think Rod touched on it, like a woman got shot, and everybody's joking, laughing, ha ha, sending out emojis, making gifts, whatever, and it took until she really cried and showed the scar, the bullet wound, or whatever it was, in her foot for people to be like, oh shit, you really got shot, my bad, I'm sorry. Like, like she's gonna make this up. Like somebody who is, to quote Ra, arguably one of the most popular female rappers right now, to make up some shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Like it took for her to cry, for people to really be like, damn. And then, you know, Tori on his part, it's like, you wait, I don't know how many weeks it's been now before you come out and the thing you could come out with and say is, yo, my bad, I was drunk. Like, that's, 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 that's crazy to me. But it shows, you know, not to dwell back on past episodes, but it shows how society is portraying our black women. Like, all right, you got shot, next. 
You know, that's how it seems. That's that's how I feel. That's 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 how I took it. That's that's how it seems like. All right, you got shot next. You a rapper? Get over it. Or and then the amount of people that was coming out saying, "Oh, if you told on Tory, you snitching and all this other next stuff." You just yeah, in crazy, yo. So that's it's it's just crazy the way society is right now. Yeah, when you, when you if you get into that portion of it, like if you ask, I'm tired of it. My, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You didn't answer the question. The question is, are you tired of it? Right? Not not necessarily the nuances of the situation. If you get into the nuances of the situation, then yeah, all of, all of those things that you stated are true. But see, I, so I, I, I feel you on that question. So if we going on the aspect of am I tired of it, I can never say I'm tired of it because shit like this goes on on a daily basis. So for me, phrasing it to how you asking it, I can never be tired of it because somebody, God forbid, is going to get shot tomorrow. Some sister going to get fucked up next week. So I, I think for me, if I put it in the sense of, you know, I'm tired of hearing that, it's like I'm going to be turning my back on all future episodes that may happen. So I can never say I'm tired of it. Can, can, can I hop in here? My thing. Oh, audio is a little, a little, you sound a little low, Ra. All right. That was me. So what what I'm what I'm thinking about is is the audio still down? Yeah, you still sound far right. I mean, we can hear you, but you sound like you distant. Yeah, you sound a little far away. While you fixing that, I'll yeah. say you know for Neil, I'm not I'm not downplaying domestic violence. You're right, people get shot. What I'm saying is that impacts everybody, right. regardless of race, religion, affiliation whatsoever. Right. The things that impact us as a, as, a, as a black people, those are very specific things. This does not fall, in my opinion, in that category or that tier of emotion, in my emotional space, that, that bypasses the unarmed killing and murdering of black people. We're going to get to this later, but even, you know, they want to they sample this vaccine on folks. And we'll get into, I know we got it as a topic, but I think about all of those types of things and the dynamics, you know, we have somebody that uh, my wife is really close with. She passed away from COVID. Like all of those types of things are much, in my opinion, for a Keltrick. I got it, you. it trumps her experience because again, it's a domestic violence thing. And I'm not, I'm not minimizing, I just put it in a hierarchy of what's important right now and to me. Right. That's not mm -hmm. up there. Go ahead, John. Can y'all, I mean. You good now, Rob? You good? Go ahead, John. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is where one of those blind spots, as the internet loves to say, because we don't have a woman here to kind of give their opinion. And I would say that the women would be like, you know, domestic violence is a very important thing and it's not outrated by COVID or whatever. I agree with you, Keltrick. I'm just merely saying that we are probably in the minority on the internet. And I guess that's the best way for me to say that part. So sucks that she got shot. Yes, everybody was making jokes because that's kind of the internet culture. Um, I'm sure people was making jokes about uh, Chadwick Boseman before they knew what was going on with him. That's unfortunately the culture. That's the way that people interact on the internet. Whether it's foul or not, that's simply the way that it is. That said, shouldn't be that way, but it is. So, but but here, I think it is just as serious. Um, I think it's just as serious, and, and, and I'm not tired of it. And the reason why I think it's just a serious is because like I, we almost downplaying um, 
we're almost downplaying what the ultimate effect of a gunshot is. Like the, the ultimate effect of a gunshot is death. It almost don't matter where you get shot nowadays. And, and that type of violence can be lumped up in domestic violence, but it's still, it's, it's violence against women, it's violence against black people. And it's almost like we, we get caught up in, in the unarmed killings. And then we, not, not us on this, but we almost excuse when, when we are doing stuff to ourselves. I remember when um, years ago, so this is the start of the NFL season, I know a lot of people aren't watching football, um, but I remember when Sean Taylor had the home invasion and, mm-hmm. and he was at his home in Florida and they shot him. They shot him in the leg. You think, I oh, he got shot in his leg. But it hit the, 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 the artery that, that couldn't be, I mean, the dude bled out and he died. Like, when, when you start talking about gunplay, that's, that's not a, like, dude pull, pulling out a gun like, like this is a television show. But the moment you pull a gun out, you, you are preparing to take someone's life. Whether you do it or not, is something completely different. You, know, you, you should aim your gun at anything you don't intend to kill or destroy. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And the brother's going to be doing it. And then, and a lot of our people are taking it like it's a light thing. That's not a light thing. Like that, that could have been a murder. And then, then, then what would have been the discussion in the community? You know what I'm saying? If she died. Yeah. I, Why I didn't think, we protect I Megan? Think, hold on for a second, bro. I hear you, but that didn't happen. It could have, to your point. Yeah. It didn't. We, we, we deal with the end result of things, not what could be. Right? So that's the way we're built. You on, you on the program. So <laughs> um, that's all right. It is all right. But, I, it, you know, we deal with things that occur. Like, we're not in hypotheticals. Like, in the reality of it is, again, I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm not saying that what happened to her isn't bad. Mm-hmm. It's horrific. He should, he should be held to the highest end of, law, of, of the law. He should be held, she felt that way, and it took the murder. I mean, to your point, if he, if he had it with the, with the, she got shot, she could have died from that, for sure. On the flip side, people are dying, mm-hmm. have been dying, mm-hmm. continue to die. Right. Um, so I, I hate when we got to we got to kind of pick and choose like what's important, what's not important. But again, for for my emotion, for my personal emotional space, right. right, that does not meet the threshold for me to be like, man, Megan Thee Stallion, that's so messed. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not at the front of that line. I'm right. not. And I think, I think, like you said. Um, for you, and when you say we pick and choose, you pick and choose. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just that does not reach a level of importance for Keltrick to say. For you, right. And, 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 and clearly, you are you, you are emblematic of other people. You do not sit alone in that. Like you, you're not. You're not solitary. There are going to be other folks who feel the same way, who think the same way, and that's cool. And and I'm not saying that it isn't. That's cool. What what I do want to uh, the pro, the point I want to press is that we don't have to deal with things after they happen. And, and we can address things as they're happening and make them examples so that other people think twice when they're put in that position 
for that to potentially happen again. Like if, if we address this in a manner when another brother is in a car with a sister or in front of a sister or pulls out or has a gun in the presence of a sister, like if we if we address the issue, not because it's Megan and Tory, but we just address the issue like, nah, dude, we not having it. Like you do that, you can't come here. You can't come around us. You can't be around us. You. You, you you better go back to Canada. They better deport you to Canada because if I see you on the like if we address it in in certain terms, then maybe other brothers will start to look at it differently. Like, mm, nah, we, we my community ain't having it, so maybe I need to think twice on how I address these sisters or even how I think address these brothers because we we hot we we shooting at each other. Like that's what goes without saying to some extent. Maybe not in all circles. Say again, I feel like the. The checking. You talking about somebody getting checked? I'm not. I'm not just talking about personal, individual. You in my circle, and you check me. I'm talking about also a communal response. I'm, so you, yes, there is the individual, my peoples, my peers check me, and then there's a communal response. You did that. You dead to us. Well, she she getting that mostly from her hometown. Say again. I said she's getting that mostly from her hometown. Who? Yeah. I think they're looking at it as a form, in my opinion, it's feeling more of a form of disrespect, not a form of violence. As a matter of fact, John, you're the perfect person to ask is you from the H-Town. In your opinion, do you think Tory could ever show face in, in, in any part of Texas? I mean, you can't come to Houston at this point because people is really, really, like, really, really upset and pissed off about this shit. I mean, when it first, first happened, everybody was making jokes. Everybody. But as things developed, you know, and yes, uh, her actually coming out did change things. Because before that, it was just all conjecture, allegation, we don't know what's going on. We think we know, but we don't really know, blah, blah, blah. But when she came out with the video and said, this is what happened, that kind of changed people's opinion. And it is a, a disrespectful kind of thing. I don't know why people feel this way, but you know, people adopt a city and act like, you know, you got to stand for the whole entire city. So it would not shock me if Tory Lanez was foolish enough to come to Houston for some idiot to really like pop some shots at that fool on some, I'm putting the city on my back, clout chasing, idiotic. I mean, violence begets violence, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. yeah. It's, it's, right. it's kind of like the whole, when, when Biggie went to California to some right. extent, I'm not saying it's the exact same thing, but you know, it's crazy. Pac was riding for West Side, like the West Coast real hard. And people were shocked when he went to the West Coast, like, well, that's a good look for you, brother. Uh, and also <laughs> he, was, he was killed, as you know, kind of to your point, Ron, in terms of from a violence, you know, gun violence. But in the black community, guns are not. We've been we've been so traumatized by guns that it doesn't. It's inconsequential almost. Like you see people with guns, you're like, well, that's a dude with a gun. Like, has anybody ever had a gun put on them besides me, on him? Yeah. 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 Right. So, what was your reaction? I mean, I actually kind of chuckled. Like, okay, this, this is different. No, I was younger. I didn't chuckle. I, I was in school. Yeah, I, I I was very concerned at that time. Well, I, I knew the dude. I, I knew the dude who put the gun on me. That's what was crazy. Oh, that's different. <laughs> he did. He My, tried. He really tried to steal. We had a triple fat goose back in Gary. That was like a big deal, like like a starter jacket almost. I had a forty nine inch triple fat goose. And this dude pulled. It's like a twenty. I feel like it was a twenty two. I just remember he put it like on my chest. And like, give me your coat. And I remember saying that the dude. He was walking back from middle school. I said, if you want this coat, it's gonna have a hole in it. 
He just said, good shit, good shit, homie, good shit. And started laughing and walked off. I was like, yo, this dude's wild. It's crazy. Mm-mm. It's just one of them things. You either got it or you don't. I was walking from, uh in 2000, I was walking from Carver through the projects and dude like pulled out on me. And he was like, give me what you got. I had nothing. I was like, <laughs> I literally had no money, sir. So, you know, I don't know what you're going to do. And he patted me down and he realized I wasn't lying. And he was like... Let me go ahead and keep walking. And I was like, all right, you know, because I literally had no money. Yo, I remember that. Look at us right here. We're laughing at this. Yeah. yeah. We're laughing at this. And that's that's my point in terms of why I don't have a lot of I don't the emotional space for her situation. Yeah. It doesn't ring as something. And we gotta figure that out. Like I need to figure that out, right? Because it's not like you had a that was terrible that, that happened to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but we just we chuckling about it because you know you got rabbit ears. Like, hey man, you got the wrong one. I ain't got nothing for you. I mean, it's been yeah. twenty years, right? And- but, but I'm I'm thinking more so of um, a collective response similar to maybe similar to what you see with the not effing around coalition, right? Wasn't no one laughing when they when they got together in, in Louisville? Hell no not. one was laughing when they was marching through Stone Mountain. Hell no. Nah. Like, 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 when you get when you get a, a, a collective of brothers, whether armed or unarmed, who come together uh, in a defensive posture and be like, "I dare you," that's a different. There's going to be a different response. And on top of that, the brothers got to be prepared to respond to someone who actually checks that dare. Right. So they got to have the right mindset. Well, there's a, there's a there's a video on social media. Uh, it was in Atlanta, actually. I guess it was over the weekend where the dude is out front of an establishment with a gun and people are people just recording this. Like literally people on their phone like recording this dude with this gun. And he's pointing it at something, the person, whoever he is or the group he's pointing at, they're off screen. Then all of a sudden you just hear, you hear people shoot. His homeboy, they go behind the car. It's like a shootout, literally a shootout is on video. And I'm thinking to myself, this is, this is ridiculous. The dude has no mask on. Not like they like you can't conceal your your identity. Like it's just, I think it's ridiculous that people behave in this way sometimes, man. Like it's just, I just it's unfathomable to me. Now I, I think the part that gets me, like I mean, we've all made some good points. You know, society's become almost desensitized to the crazy thing. But the thing that stands out for me with all this, and we don't want to talk about this forever. But despite all this, I think everybody was just waiting for Tory's response. And the only thing he came out with was, my bad, I was drunk. You know what I mean? It's like, that's all that you can say? Like, I don't know you. I'm not expecting. It didn't happen to me or anybody I know, but that's the best you could come out with after, I don't know, three, four weeks. My bad. my bad, I was drunk. Did he say that? Or did no, somebody he, report that he said that? TMZ reported that there was a text message sent from Tory Lanez to Megan Thee Stallion saying, he didn't say that I did anything. He was like, I'm apologizing for my behavior. I was too drunk. I was wilding out, et cetera, et cetera. He didn't say that he shot anybody. He didn't say he did anything. And what I saw, the clip that I saw, it wasn't even all that. It was just, it was more like, a, you know, my bad, I was drunk. Right, right. I haven't seen anything. I mean, I don't know which, I, again, I'm not, I'm not defending him at all, but like you kind of negate everything you say that right there when you say the book. What do you expect to people? What do you expect him to say? I mean, 
actually don't expect him to say a damn thing because whatever you say is in the, is admissible at court. So I really don't expect him to say a damn thing, quite honestly. I just, but I also don't expect that when he does come publicly, it's on some self-serving uh, 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 a BS to be like, I'm still hot in, in the streets and I got streams. You you know, expect, I think you just keep your mouth shut. You expect him to be rational in this situation and be like, and, and, and be quiet? He's, he got a dumb lawyer. Exactly. So that's what I'm lawyer. saying. He's been, he's had weeks. He is developing some kind of story because he's got to say some kind of logical explanation for why things happen the way that they happen. Your so Honor, that is, Your Honor, he's facing an assault charge with a deadly weapon and he's more concerned about uh, 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 his popularity. I could see that playing in court. I could, I could see I could see a jury being like, mm. Depends on the lawyer. Depends on the lawyer. You'd be surprised if you get probation. You you say you wouldn't be surprised if he got probation cage? Yep. Okay. You're you're a little delayed too now. No, I'm chilling. Okay, you are now. It was delayed for a split second on my end. No, John is John is was frozen for a second. But I wouldn't be surprised if he got probation because I don't it, it, to your it, she's not gonna be protected by the courts. If she was white, I would say his charge would be a little bit elevated. Um, but that's why the you know the, the streets protect the streets. And if he come to Houston or some place where she's affiliated, he gonna be in trouble. Well, speaking of the streets protecting the streets, I guess we got to talk about uh, Xavier, not Xavier, Xavier, my bad, my bad, Xavier University and Dillard. Uh, who are experiencing kind of a moment here. Neil, you got to talk about it because I'm not totally up on this. No, the thing, it was just shocking. You know, the uh, presidents of Xavier and Dillard sent out a letter to their students encouraging them. Joint letter. Joint letter. Um, encouraging them to take the COVID vac vaccination and stating that they already took it themselves and it would behoove them to you know, take it and make an make a, a good statement towards the world for, you know, trying to find a cure for the whole situation. And a lot of students are like, hell no, we're not taking this vaccine. We're not being experimented on. So it's, it, it, it's a big thing right now. I'm kind of shocked that the president of a university would encourage his students to take this vaccine. But I don't know. What do you think? There's not a vaccine that, that is clinical trial. So they will be giving okay. some people a vaccine and some people the placebo. Right. Uh, supposed to be like a 20, like a two-year type of process. What'd you say, John? What? Because earlier we talked about this whole thing and y'all was like, if there's a vaccine, I would take it. Y'all remember this conversation? I said I wouldn't. I I said I would I wait. First. Yeah, I'd wait that first go round. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I'd go on out there and take the vaccine. Yes. I'm After not gonna, like what a year months. I, I I need to see what's happening in the population. I need to see if people are taking it and their spines are exploding. Like AstraZeneca had to stop. They had to stop their 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 uh, trials because someone got ill. Like I need to see if if that's happening. Um, I, I'm not surprised that presidents of, of a university and a college, especially Xavier, being known for 
its pharmaceutical program and its pre-med program, I'm not surprised that they would say, take part in the trial, because as the presidents of those institutions, they are going to come down on the side of science. They're not going to come down on the side of um, this may be Tuskegee experiment all over again. They're not going to do that. They're, they have risen to a certain level in, in academia, and academia will say, trust the science, trust the process, trust the protocol, go on out there and do it. The only thing I don't, one of the things I don't like about it is they're all unproven. That's why, that's why they're in trials. And if you get the placebo, like they, they give you the, the vaccine or the placebo, and then they let you go out into the world to see if you contract the disease or not. So if I got the placebo, I'm out here now mixing and mingling with folks who, who potentially got COVID. What happens if I do get come down with COVID? Right. You know? Right. Because I think they were saying something or another, like if you do take um, the pretrial or the placebo, like you said, you'd be under watch for 26 months. I'm like, okay, to your point, I'm still out here mingling with the rest of the world. So what happens then? Or what happens to whoever I come in contact with that may have COVID? So I don't know. Yeah, you got a young sister who's, uh, I think, like 32, 33, 34 years old, South Carolina, uh, 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 Demetra um, uh, Bannister, a teacher. Um, she just died. Was diagnosed with it sometime later, quickly gone. You know what I'm saying? So young people are getting this stuff. And I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not with that. Let me test this out on you. And a double-edged sword is because genetically we are all different. Black folk are different than, than white folk or different than Latinos and Asians and, and Southeast Asians. Like we're genetically different and they, they need, and that's the double-edged sword, they need a population of us to see if it works in us just like it works in everyone else. So if a whole bunch of white people take it and it works for the white people, that ain't no guarantee it's going to work for us either. So they, they're at a point where they're saying they need to even double um, their trial in terms of black folk, the number of people who are um, partaking in it, just to see if they got something that 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 that'll work. Listen, if there were more black doctors who were involved in this type of research, um, involved in this type of implementation, you would probably see a lot more trust between the black community in the medical community. There was just an article that came out this past week about North Carolina and how they essentially um, neutered, that's not even a phrase for, for humans, but they essentially uh, took out the reproductive organs or they treated a sterilized- uh, Castrated. For, yeah, well, they didn't, I don't know, I don't know, I wouldn't say that, but same, they- It's the same thing. They did it for, I think, a period of, uh, a number of years in North Carolina systematically did it to black people. And the people that were impacted got $20,000, thought it was peanuts. Look it up, it's a, it's a crazy article when you think about the things that are still happening. And a, a really good friend of mine was like, yo, we're at war. Like we are literally at war and we don't even know. Like the, when those articles and things like that, those studies, those like, you even saw the, 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 the documentary, Harry, uh, Miss Leakes, Loretta Leakes, what's her name? Henrietta, Henrietta Leakes. Yeah, the sister up in Baltimore with, yes. with John, Johns Hopkins. Ridiculous. Still ain't got no financial, uh, no, no nothing in her family around that would be dear to this woman's body and her anatomy. Like it's just, 
we are being pimped and in various ways. And I don't, I don't even know at this point if it's, I feel like it's a black thing, but I don't know, it may be an economic thing too. But right. you know what though, I, I'd even pose another question and I don't know, I, I think it all comes down to trust. Because even if we go with your theory, Keltrick, of more African-American doctors and researchers had, you know, played a part in trying to find a cure, how many people are really quote unquote, and I don't want to cheapen the word, but how many people are really trying to be guinea pigs for the first go around? Let's say, let's say it was a viable cure. Let's say we were all the doctors, we were the doctors, and we know 100% wholeheartedly that this is the cure. I still think. That doesn't make sense. No, but I'm saying I'm still thinking the first person or the first group of people or whatever to take the test are going to be somewhat apprehensive. I don't want to be the first. Well, I think I think some people would do it. I think the issue with the ones in Xavier, uh, Xavier and uh, Dillard, is the fact that they, these are these are still children. No, I'm going beyond Xavier and Dillard. I'm really talking about just in general. I'm going back to reality. I'm saying the thing that's weird there is the fact that they did not involve these kids' parents. They sent the letter to students. That's not a. This is a lifetime decision that they are going to be involved in. They should probably get some consultation from their parents. So somebody's like, man, wait a minute, what's, what's this all about? Now, the person running the clinical trials, she came out and had a conversation and was like, there are rules that have been put in place that prevent this from happening. In my mind, I'm like, that didn't sound very convincing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sign up for it. And even in your example, your, your hypothetical, there's going to be people going to be apprehensive and going to be people are going to be that are jump to it because they want to get on with their life. <clears throat> so there's always going to be a, a dichotomy between somebody who's going to be like, nah, some people are going to be like, yeah, I'll do it. So I'm, yeah, how much I'm going to get paid. Yeah, it's, it, and that's the truth. You, you bring up that whole they kids thing, and that's, that's the interesting piece because once they hit 18 and they're on a college campus, um, they're adults in, in, in everybody in 18 though i know i'm because I'm, you got some people who might be 16 on that college campus some might be 17 turning 18 and that's where you know it kind of tilts but those numbers are really 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 small when you think about the larger population of campus and and they're trying to cast this wide net but i think even then they still should have been included some communication to parents because the colleges lean on this they're 18 i don't got to share nothing with the parent unless they sign uh, a, a waiver um, that allows me to share information with them. If the student don't sign a FERPA waiver, then they don't have to share nothing with the parent at all, period. A uh, parent could be like, well, I paid a tuition. They were like, thank you. We appreciate the money, but have your child sign a waiver until then I can't talk to you about nothing. So they mm. kind of walk that fine line and I think they should have walked it better. Like if you're going to communicate directly to the students about something as serious as this vaccination trial, then you need to you need to send out some an email, smoke signal, something. Let the parents know, because the, I mean, you know, my child go there and be like, "Yeah, I got the vaccination," and then six months later, "Oh, I got COVID," because I, I was given a placebo, and then she bring it home to her grandmama, and then her grandmama die. I I, I think there's too many threads to that, man. Right. I ain't taking it. Period. I don't give a damn. So. Well, like I said, I'm going to let that first go around go through. Maybe even a second. If, if people aren't getting sick and vomiting up their guts. 
iPhone, you got to wait till version 2.0, 3.0, 6.0 come out before you buy that thing. Right. I'll wait. I ain't going nowhere. Uh, speaking of people trying to do the right thing and properly roll out information, we got to talk about y'all's boy Trump. So apparently, um, he said back in what, like February or March, that he was downplaying um, the, what is the word I'm looking for, killer effectiveness? In, in February, he said he knew that it wasn't a regular flu. He right. knew it was five times more dangerous than average flu. He knew the average flu killed so many people, you know, 25, 32,000 people a year. And this is five times more dangerous. He knew that in February, before the people who knew it was five times more dangerous, no, my fault. He also said he knew that it was airborne. And he said that before mainstream people knew that. So well, someone told him. General, some people don't, you don't have to wear a mask. The Surgeon General of the United States came out and told everybody, you don't need to wear a mask. It's stupid to wear a mask. And he knew it was airborne. That's February. In March, he came back around with another. In they had 19 interviews in total. The one in March, that's when he was like, yeah, I downplay it. I like to downplay it because I don't want there to be chaos. Don't forget about the part with the minors, with the, with the, with the young people. He said he talked about that, too. I didn't see that. that they can be impacted by it. Oh yeah, when he was like, "Oh yeah, it, 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 oh yeah," and the young kids and the young people, oh yeah, this, this is bad for young people. Like he knew how bad this thing was, and like a dummy, he is record. He's on record, not not written rec like audio. You hear? He's stupid. He he is definitely he an amateur to say the least. At least as far as politics goes, but maybe as no, how can you say he's an amateur? He's definitely an amateur politician. He's an amateur for politics. Yes, he is. Oh, no doubt. No, to be taped like that over and over and over repeatedly, he's ju he's just simply an amateur and not that intelligent. What's the impact in that regard? But he's not playing politics. He's just being himself, and a bunch of people are are gravitating towards it. That doesn't make him an expert at politics. He can't play politics. He could just be him. But he's not a politician. He don't know how to do it. He knows how to lie. He's a gangster. I could see that. I could see that. Listen, we have a homeboys and they put their homeboys up on gang. They get them paid. If they go down, don't snitch on me. I'll take care of you. Like he, he, he a G. He is getting um he got Roger Stone off already. I think he got him out of prison already. Yep. He letting uh Cohen's ass stay in there because Cohen flipped and went fed or whatever. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna let you stay there. But everybody else that sticks with the team, I'm gonna get y'all out. I mean, all they go, as soon as I believe, as soon as his president, this he's gonna be the, he's gonna be the first president we've seen in, all, in like a history that's gonna go to jail. I think. Yeah. I'll place a little wage on that one too, sir. I'm down. We'll I'll put some money on that. <laughs> you don't think so, Neil? That. He's gonna to go to jail or that he won't go to jail? Will. Yeah, I think he will. I think he will. I think he will. They can't prosecute him right now. If if he loses, if he wins this, if he wins the next election, I don't think he's gonna to go to jail. Right. But if he loses, if he loses, he is definitely going to be tried and go to jail. 
Do y'all know, I mean, um, just the other day, he, he will not be pardoned by whoever comes next. Correct. Definitely not if it's a Democrat. Maybe if it's a Republican, like, four years from now. But he's but, got some good old boys in office that could be able to pull some strings, though. I'm no, sure he does. He's, if he doesn't even charge by the feds, like like the U.S. government, he's going to get tried in New York, for sure. New York is coming. I, I personally think they already have the indictment. I think they have a sealed indictment. Yeah. I think as soon as he, 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 he steps off Air Force One or whatever they fly him out on, they're going to be able to, like, they're going to go to Florida because he's not going to, he changed his residency. He's no longer a New York resident. They're going to hit him up in Florida, sir. Come on back to New York. We have to have a couple meetings. It, I think that it's going to be, it's not one of those situations where, like, Nixon didn't get, didn't go to jail because he he did the right thing. He stepped away. This he guy, got pardoned, but you know what? See, y'all, well. y'all are the y'all are the what I call the political experts. But I'm just bringing it to the oh, straight. Y'all, no, nah, I'm just bringing it to the straight grimiest thing though. Trump has to know that he's an asshole and a moron. He has to know this. He has to realize that he's hated. But for some reason, I also believe he's like, yo, if I don't win this pres- presidency again. I got to put some things in order because people have a red target on my back. So that's why I'm thinking. It's like, I think he could get arrested, but I also think he may be playing chess and he already figures this out and he's already trying to grease somebody's pockets or got some people in the corner. Just like, yo, if you take care of this for me, I promise you X, Y, and Z. Cause that's the type of person he is. So that's why I'm thinking like, he's already probably thinking like, I know America wants to get me. So, if I win, I'm free. If I don't win, I got to have some strategies already in place so that I don't look embarrassed. Because that's Trump. He always wants to get the last laugh and tweet about it like, aha, I thought you got me, but you didn't. Wait, you know, so. So you don't think he's going to jail? I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence. Like, I think, I think they want to get him. But I think, as much as I hate to admit it, I think he's probably thinking two steps ahead, like, you're coming after me. Let me try to line up something. Would you say, Kelsey? Pick a side. It's okay. We ain't going to lose no money. I want to see him go to jail. I'll answer it like that. But I really do. It's crazy that I even say it like this. I think he's smart enough to realize, yo, people are coming for me and to put some uh, strategies in, uh, in play. Yes, Keltry. You do realize, you just said the dude got recorded flip-flopping about the COVID seriousness. He he does not care about it. He's also been recorded withholding fit, like funds, mm-hmm. like quick pro pro. You familiar with that? Yeah. Neil is like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, no, no. I, I thought he was saying in general. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I got you. So, you know, this, this dude is, he's an animal. He is Suge Knight in the White House. It, it, I mean, he, has, he has always had enough people around him to take any bullet that was fired at him. Those people have fallen off. Those people have gone to jail. Those people have written books. He still got a crew around him, but now he's been put under the, 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 the magnifying glass so much that, and it has been so much research done on like connecting the dots and no one's really talked about his finances yet. Like the courts have already passed down how that stuff, like they can't keep that from the investigations. So like they're connecting the dots. Yeah, already has it. It just it hasn't been released yet. 
So what happens is once he's no longer president, like there's no one who can help him. Like he can't go to the district attorney in New York and be like, let me grease your pockets. He can't go there. Wait a minute, because he literally said to the Justice Department, I want y'all to come in and be my defendants or defending lawyers, whatever that is. But like the logic behind it is they're saying he is the president. He is acting as the president. Everything he does, we are going to defend that. They y'all talking about he gonna get arrested. It, it wouldn't surprise me if he took whoever the district attorney is for New York and was like, whatever that woman's name is, she's a black woman. Yeah, Leticia. Um, uh, what's her name? Leticia something or other, black woman Leticia from Howard. And she is. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he was like, you know what, she's out and put somebody else in there because he can do all those types of things. He can. He can. He can do that. It will look so bad on him. It just. It, he, he, he's savvy enough to know that he can he can only do so much. If he is so overt, I think it it erodes his credibility and, and, and the ability for other people who can defend him, it prevents him from doing so. I.e., the Mitch McConnells and those those type of folks, they can't defend like what's overt. And it's it's not it's not the state, it's not the Justice Department. It's 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 bar. It's Barr, who is above. Now, what happens is we're talking, this is hypothetical if Trump is no longer in office, if he doesn't get elected. If Trump isn't elected, Barr can't do nothing. He's not gonna, he's not gonna have a job, which is why he's grasping at straws. So I have no concern. And I don't think the people underneath him, the rank and file, the rank and file are so they're so just disgusted with everything that's going on. Man. As soon as that, I think that's why he's trying to get the second um, term so that he doesn't face anything crazy. He'll either, you know, die in office or he'll try to get a third term after a second term. He'll try to, he he will try, he will try, he will, he will, he will do whatever he has to do with Congress. He'll push whatever agenda he needs to push so that his, his little trumpets will come to his side and he will try to get a third term. He wants to be a dictator. This is going to be one of the most interesting presidential elections. I mean, Barack's first election took the cake. There's nothing that's going to top that for me. But this one is like, I'm really fascinated. I think he's going to get reelected. I hope I'm wrong. But, you know, we've had this discussion. If y'all think you're going to get arrested, you, you would definitely trip. Do you think if he wins, there'll be a civil war? No, no, <laughs> no. There might be some sporadic individual, so-called lone wolf, or very small cell terrorist acts where some, you know, true believer type idiot just runs a uh, U-Haul truck full of gas into a mosque somewhere. You know, that one person. But if you think there's going to be a wave or a spread of people spazzing out, and, you know, attacking uh, army bases or something like that with a Walmart shotgun, that ain't happening. I feel like it's we we going in a really the world the the American culture the dream of a you know this this whole idea of America it is being stepped on crapped on pissed on ripped up before before our very eyes so that wasn't our dream I didn't say it was our dream that's what I'm saying I mean who did it ever stand for whose dream was it fuck that dream burn it. <laughs> the people who they thought it was for them, they like, man, this is this ain't what we signed up for. Been trashed. 
I do think that there's going to be an increase of, of racial motive, uh, motivated violence. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't, maybe I won't say civil war, but there's going, and that's, I think that's whether he wins or loses. I think from this moment going forward, there will be an uptick in racially motivated violence across the country. Now, it, it, it may turn into a spat, a back and forth. Give an example, what happened in Portland? Mm -hmm. You had, um, you, you had the white boy who was marching down the street with the, with, with, with the uh, automatic rifle, right. kills two other white boys. Um, from the outside looking in, it's about ideology and not really about race, but the, the ideology is centered on race. Mm -hmm. um, so that's racially motivated. And then the very next week or, or later that week, then you had the white boy who was a Trump supporter shot dead on the street, in the street in Portland. So you had the first situation out in, um, what was it, Wisconsin, and then the second situation in Portland. Mm -hmm. like, and that was back to back. Once again, because it was centered around the ideology that, that Trump supporters is, is messing with, for me, that's racially motivated. Now, it's just a matter of time before they stop shooting each other and then they convince themselves that it's a good idea to come on and shoot us. The thing is, is the dude that you was talking about in Portland, the police killed him when they was trying to, you know, bring him in or whatever the case is. Um, the only, the, the destabilizing factor that I think that could really tip things in a mass violence kind of way, and I don't think this is going to happen, and I'm not co-signing this, but if victims of police brutality kill police or hurt police in, in kind of like a tit for tat, you did this, so we gonna do that kind of thing, you will see an unraveling of like the societal and cultural bonds that we have. And then it could be crazy enough for some mass insurrection type stuff. But right now, the way it is, I can't really see that. But if you start like Breonna Taylor's uh, killers, if Breonna Taylor's family or friends or close relatives or whatever, took it upon themselves to attack one of those police officers, they would be um, destabilizing law and order and it would just go in a bad way. I think if that became a trend, which I hope it does not. That's not gonna happen. I, it, it, it's, it's more likely that civilians will attack and kill each other before someone attacks either military or law enforcement. I would agree. I'm just saying that would be something that would cause mass disturbance. And that's about it. But hopefully we will never see that because I ain't nobody ready for that. Does, does this, do you think? I wish I could. I wish I knew somebody that was still alive. I wish I knew somebody right now that was alive during the '60s. Because I'm curious how what we're experiencing, how closely it relates to their experiences in the '60s. I never thought I would see what I'm seeing or even hear what I'm hearing. I feel like it was much more buck wild back in the '60s than it is right now. I don't know, man. I mean, maybe. Um, when the National Guard starts shooting people at colleges, then we can kind of start comparing it. They're not quite dead yet. I mean, you're sending the National Guard into other people's cities to act as police. I mean, it's, ain't killing it's, nobody yet. Snatching them up off the street. Yeah, you, the, people have been essentially kidnapped. I mean, they ain't dead. They might be arrested. They're getting out the next day. You know what? Have you talked to, have you seen anybody that's been snatched up by those folks that come out and say anything? I mean, anything can be said on the internet. So I don't, if it's on the internet, I don't really trust it anyway. So, you know. 
That's an interesting point, though. I have not seen any of these news outlets track them down. So they grabbed you up off the street corner while you were protesting. And what happened next? I haven't seen that at all. Exactly. That's, 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 why, that's, why, that's my point around. I don't know if I feel like they're very closely related. I'm not going to say the 60s was much worse. I think the difference is we are in it's more polarized because of people at the top where the person at the top the him is kind of stoking the flames a little bit like there's there's been no no direct rebuttal or you know any hard hand around hey man y'all shouldn't do this you know everybody need to chill out he said that I got one more question for y'all, and I, and I hate to keep dwelling on this, but we always talk about Trump, but we very rarely talk about Biden. You know what I'm saying? What is he talking about? How he feels? He, he ain't the president. He is running to be the president. Is that correct? Yeah, but again, I don't, I don't want to talk about he is running, but we're not talking about the candidates or the them running as candidates. We're talking about what 45 is doing as the person, the commander in chief. Gotcha. Gotcha. Me. Now, if we want to talk about the candidates, we can, because 45 has no platform. Well, I mean, all I'm saying is I find it very interesting that we are continuously talking about Trump, which we should, but we very rarely say, you know, and this is why Biden would be better, because X, Y, Z, point of view, actions, behaviors, or whatever it is that he's got to say or do. His main calling card is, I'm not Trump and I'm Barack's best friend, but we've already discussed that. So- And, and that's the thing that kills me, John. You still must not have read their, his platform. Um, you have not read his platform. You have not listened to any of his speeches. You have not listened to, to not a word even uh, a Kamala Harris has said in terms of what they plan to do. And none of it has been, I was Barack's best friend. Well, no, they're not gonna say that because he's no, probably but, not Barack's best friend. But, but what I'm saying is they have offered up a laundry list of things that they would try to do, propose a platform. There is a there is a, a solid, cohesive, reasonable platform. So every time you get up here and say that there isn't one, I'm like, well, you don't know. Well, no, I'm not saying that there isn't one, but we don't hear it. What is the platform? You don't hear it because you, you're doing this. I've read the platform. I just don't think that they're doing a good job of telling people about it. They're basically saying, I'm not Trump. I think, I think what you are missing is you just said the dude 45 right. ain't a politician. Right. There's been no debates. There's been no opposing views of this is what I this is what I'm gonna talk about. This mm -hmm. is what I'm gonna talk about. Well, mm -hmm. let's hash it out. There's been none of that because right. 45 is sucking the life out of this place. So there is no room to really get into a whole, in my opinion, a whole lot of what, what Biden is kind of talking about. He's he is just to your point, he is not 45. And he does have a platform. We just ain't gonna have time to hear about it because it's September 10th, we got less than two months. And, every, and here's the thing, every time he speaks, he does not say, I'm not Trump, so vote for me. He, he, that may come out, but that's not the only thing he says. Every time he speaks, he points to a part of his platform. He was just in Michigan talking about his economic platform. Kamala talked about his platform on race. Like they have platforms. When they talk, if you listen, you'll hear the platform. 
He'll tell you, my plan is this. It's long. Though. Why is it that nobody can simply say this is the platform? What are you looking for simple for? We have because issues. We have issues that are generations deep, and you want to. This might be true. But this is this is what y'all keep on overlooking. This is why Trump will continue to win because yeah. he simplifies it for his idiotic base. Make if, America if great. The cliff notes. If you want the cliff notes, I don't. go to his website. Right. It's all there. Right. Go to the website. I got you. I don't know how else he's talked about it. He's mm -hmm. interviewed on it. He's put it out there in print. He's put the long version, the short version. I don't know what people are looking for. They wanted spoon fed to them in a very small acronym. I agree with you though, John. Like that, his party, I mean, uh, Joe Biden's camp could do a better job of making it very simple. Like make America simple again. And that's, that's what everybody kind of needs. Um, he has the charisma of a bowl of oatmeal and he might have early onset dementia. His his simple his his simple platform then is bring back better. <laughs> Please tell me that's not good. If that is your first time hearing it, then yes, that tells me everything I need to know. You have not paid attention if that's your first time hearing it. The acronym or it's the not an acronym, it's a slogan. Bring back better. Bring back better. I got you. Okay. Okay. Hey, good luck with that. <laughs> On another note, speaking of good luck with that. Um my, one of my favorite conservative pundit type chicks, Candace, what is her name? Brown Jones? Owens. Owens. Candace Owens had uh, some words to say about celebrities and Cardi B and how the Democratic Party weaponizes celebrity to appeal to black audiences. Um, I don't know if we want to run the tape or how we want to do this, but I mean, I felt like she had some points. Uh, her ultimate I guess the goal is to try to get black people to vote as Republicans, which is the wrong path. But all the stuff that she was saying is pretty much accurate. What'd she say? KG? She was saying essentially that Cardi B, Cardi B did an interview or a sit down with Joe Biden. If you didn't know also, Ice Cube is planning, they, they supposed to get together too and talk about the contract with black America. That's supposed to happen, I think this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I yep. really hope that don't happen. You said what, Joe? I really hope that don't happen. I would be so disappointed. No, it's, it's happening. It's already scheduled. Um, I don't. I don't. But I think it's. I'm curious about how it's going to work out. But the um, the thing between Candace and Cardi was they had a conversation. Cardi B and Joe Biden, and Candace is like, dude, they're pimping you. Like, hopefully, you see that they don't know. They don't. They don't care about you or your issues. They're using you and your platform to gain popularity and gain votes. Bernie Sanders, when you talk to him, he has no idea who you are. He doesn't listen to any of your music. They just, they know that you're popular and you can do something for them. It's only to benefit them. Um, and so Cardi went back and forth. Cardi called her like a sellout of, you know, usual stuff. You're a sellout, you know, she's talking about blah, 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 blah. And essentially, eventually Candace Owens played a clip from Malcolm X having a, a sit down with a brother and I forget, I forget the white the white moderator's uh, name, but eventually towards the end, it's like a 45, 50 minute interview. It's really good. You can find it on, uh, I think it's on C-SPAN. But uh, at the end, he talked about politicians, uh, celebrities, basketball players. He specifically named Dick Gregory and Lena Horne. Specifically, like, name dropped those folks as we the only group of people 
who listen to celebrities for information and guidance. They are not leaders in the community. He called them puppets. It was a, it was a really dope interview. So I would encourage everybody to go check it out. But Candace essentially is saying Cardi B is a puppet being used by the Democrats to, uh, and she's being pimped and, and uh, exposed. I hate to disagree with Malcolm X, but Dick Gregory was nobody's puppet. So he was wrong for that. I can't speak about Lena Horne or anybody else, but Dick Gregory was definitely not. Anyway, I agree with what she was saying as far as the Democrats um, using celebrity to appeal to young people, to appeal to different people. Every political party, every politician would love to uh, use somebody's fan base to further their own goals. I mean, that's politics. So yeah, that makes sense to me. Republicans do it. Democrats do it. Everybody does it. It's called clout chasing. I believe that's what the kids call it. Clout chasing. Clout, not cloud. I made the mistake of saying cloud chasing. That's not the correct phrase. It's cloud chasing. Okay. Yeah. I um. I mean, yeah, she's right. I I mean, I'm old white men don't know nothing about Cardi, and they are using Cardi's platform to get they, they their information out and their interests um, uh, uh, disseminated to a younger population of folks who who historically and traditionally don't vote. Uh, trying to make voting cool again, trying to make being um, a progressive Democrat something that's cool again. Um, not that uh, Biden is progressive, but thank you, Bernie is. Um, and I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, it just that's that is what it is. Um, but but to then put it out there like now, here's where I'm torn. Um, yes, I, I would not go to any entertainer and say, you are my leader. Like if aliens came down and said, take me to your leader, I'm not gonna take him to Cardi B. Like that's just not gonna happen. Um, once they get a platform, oftentimes media will stick mics in their face to get them to make comments on things, but they haven't taken the time to be thoughtful enough to, to give a, a, a really decent response. They're gonna give a response that they would give if they were sitting on the street corner. Cool, because everyone has an opinion, you know? But to give that thoughtful response that breaks down uh, and understands both sides and then still makes a decision and then tries to encourage people to go one way or the other, I don't expect all that from them. I don't. I expect them to put that thought and that energy into their music, into their movies, into their whatever. Um, but I do not look to them to be my leader. The thing that I find interesting, Malcolm is talking about this, and I'm thinking from the clip that I saw, he's, and based on the way he was still clean shaven and how he's dressed, he's still in the nation at the time. He was referencing uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad a lot prior to that. This, again, this is towards okay. the end of the interview, but he referenced him a lot in the, in the beginning and middle parts of the interview. So he, he, here's, because sometimes we're all, we're going to, sometimes we're in dialogue and, and in, in conflict with, with ourselves. Mm. The, the nation was huge on taking entertainers, converting them, and then making them leaders within the nation. Muhammad Ali. They did it with actors. They did it with, with, with singers. They did it with Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. um, even if they couldn't get you in the nation, Sam Cooke was very tight with Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X. Yeah. Like, there, there, there was there was a history of them going 
not that they were consciously intentionally going after entertainers, but it was a history of them utilizing entertainers notoriety to, to, to push popularity in our communities. Mm -hmm. So for then for him all of a sudden to be like you a puppet, well, is it that you, you got an issue with them because they are an, an untethered puppet or a puppet for, for, for the white mainstream as opposed to being a puppet for the nation? So I would be like, sounds like a contradiction to me. Yes. But Malcolm had a bunch of contradictions. So I can go on about the contradictions I saw in Malcolm. Mm. He also spoke about, uh, not in the clip, but he spoke about essentially creating like a black, basically black Wakanda, telling the, doing what the world did for Israel, doing that for black Americans, uprooting us, giving us a pot of land in Africa, giving us all the tools, the resources uh, to cultivate and work that land and build up our own nation. It was an interesting, it was an interesting interview, man. Interesting interview. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Neil, I know that you're deep into this political thing. Go ahead. I mean, you know, I look at it like, what is wrong? And I'm just taking a different stance. What is wrong with a political party taking social influencers and trying to get their vote? Like when Obama was doing his thing, you know, Oprah was backing them, Jay was backing them, and not saying that, oh my God, I listen to Jay-Z or I listen to Oprah, but those people that they target, let's if we go back to Cardi, Cardi has millions of followers. So not saying that what Cardi B says is what's gonna be, but I think that is a strategy. I'm gonna get one of the biggest influencers on a certain culture. And if they're along, mm -hmm. if they come along with me, maybe I can get half their vote. So hypothetically, let's say Cardi had 10 million followers, but people are watching and like, oh, she likes Biden. People who care nothing about voting, don't know nothing about voting, but just happen to be a groupie or a follower might be like, Hey, so out of that 10 million, if I get, if Biden gets 2 million of those votes, that's still a good look. So I don't see anything wrong with soliciting, soliciting big major influences. I don't, I don't really see nothing wrong with that though. I think the difference with the Obama reference is Obama knew what those folks that he was soliciting, at least my assumption is he knew them in theory. Like he knew of Oprah. He heard Jay-Z, he listens to Jay-Z, like he listens to the hip hop, you know, like he was, Connected to the culture. Cardi B and Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is not connected to the culture. It's my that's my opinion. Joe Biden definitely connected to the culture. Like Joe's cool. We, we saw him. Like, that, that photo, he was, he was a cool dude. You know what I'm saying? But I don't I wouldn't say he he knows like Jay-Z's music. Like he's no, no, I don't mean as far as necessarily knowing the artist per se, but you get a mainstream influencer who can maybe possibly support your platform or make their followers feel that you support their platform. That's a good, that's a good strategy to, to me anyway. So I don't really, I don't really see nothing wrong with it. I feel like we always want things both ways. You know what I'm saying? If a politician or a political party or whatever that you want to say did not have that uh, celebrity known buy-in from somebody, black people need to, it to be co-signed by somebody that we know and respect and love before we gonna buy into it. That's why the Green Party is having such a difficult ass time. Until somebody we know and respect it co-signs it, we're not gonna buy into it. That's just the bottom line. And if the Democrats or the Republicans, 
whomever tried to do that or was doing it and not bringing in the so-called celebrities, the Jay-Zs, the whomever, people would be like, why are y'all ignoring us? You know what I'm saying? Why don't you pay attention to us? Why don't you, you know, listen to us? And then when they do it, uh, Bernie Sanders is trying to reach a whole new audience. So he wants to talk to the people with the biggest platform. He talks to Cardi B. Does he listen to Cardi B's music? Probably not. But he's trying to reach Cardi B's fans. That's what he's supposed to do. He's trying to run for president, blah, blah, blah. To me, that all makes sense. And to try to, to, try to twist it and be like, they're using you. you no, know, that's how democracy works. You're supposed to, the politicians and you know candidates are supposed to try to reach the people. It's not like, no, y'all stay over here on your little side of the fence and nobody can talk to you, whatever, it's stupidity. But what do you expect from somebody like Candace Owens? Because I don't know if y'all have seen her hair. You can always tell the type of black people that really date white people because they got like a certain kind of look, a little ashy, a little dusty, call it what you want to. I don't mean to offend anybody. <laughs> Yo, look at Keltrick's face. <laughs> hate mail to Keltrick. But it's true. If you out there and you got a white boo, you know it, look at your hairline right now. Black men that date white women, automatically shave all the facial hair. You can tell it, and then they get like bumps underneath their chin. It's very easy to see. Anyway, I'm going to leave that alone. Yeah, so, you, you, you being offensive. It's it's all right. You're you offended somehow. On that note. Um, expressed by John Cook. Straight <laughs> No Chase of the podcast. We're available on Spotify. We're available on YouTube. Available on Anchor, Facebook, and everywhere else. So... I mean, um, you're doing that much better, way. sir. Much better. Butchering that up. That was a segue. It's a, yeah. Listen. Um. All right. So let me ask you a question. So, uh, it, what has come to me is a situation, uh, a little um, situation. So imagine this, and 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 and, and the person who um, I'm out, Ron. The person. Okay. We gotta get an the last one we did. Huh? No feedback from the last one. I am not soliciting feedback. I don't. I said that the last two times y'all asked for it. You really did. But you know Keltrick love his follow-ups. He'd be like, what's going on? Keltrick needs closure. He does. He does. He does. Closure's overrated for me. Go ahead, Go ahead. It does not exist. All right, so the person who has brought this to my attention does listen to the show. So I don't know if she will offer up feedback. Um... I will keep my ears open, and if she does, if she's listening, feel free to let me know how you feel about the situation. So she's dating a dude. Um, dating may be a strong word, but they are dealing with each other. Um, she ends up visiting the crib, um, and she brings some of her belongings so that she can be comfortable at the crib. You know how people bring a little um, a, a mug so that they have their favorite thing to make their cocoa or their tea, and you know sisters be drinking tea like a like a mug. So they got they she got their little mug, got their little throw, um, maybe a sweater and a hoodie. Bring their stuff because they want to get comfortable. Um, I don't know if they want to get comfortable or they marking their territory because it ain't a permanent thing. But either which way, um, sis, I don't know if he's marking your territory, but you told me you wanted to be comfortable, so you bring your stuff for comfortability purposes. So now you chilling. And there's no development. There's no traction in the relationship. It, 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 it's stagnant. And they decide to be like, ah, it was cool, but it ain't what it is. But she ain't come get her stuff. Mm. So now it is her expectation that he packs up the stuff and takes it to her crib. 
And I'm thinking whether it's around the corner or in the next city or the next state, I don't know what I, I don't know what people's gas look like. I don't know if his car's working. I don't know if we got to hop on Metro. You know, coronavirus is out there. But she's saying, I want my stuff. So she's like, am I wrong for expecting him to pack that stuff up and bring it to me? Mm. So wait a minute. They were in a relationship or some kind of situation, entanglement or what have you. Situationship. So situationship. She left her mug or whatever. Hoodie, mug. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And she left it there and she wants him to bring it to her. Yes. And he don't want to do that because it's like, too far away. I, I'm a, I'm assuming because she, she hasn't told me what's going on in his mind. I'm assuming he's thinking I didn't bring it to my house. Why should I have to bring it to you? For me, how did they end? Did they end on amicable terms? Clearly, they're not that amicable if you don't want to bring stuff to her crib. Oh, they'll be on the front stoop. I heard a story like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen that happen. Pack it all up, put it out front. Hey. I just heard a story like that before. Nobody get your stuff. Hey, tell that story, Neil. Huh? Tell that story that you heard. Oh, I mean, it was just quick. A homie I knew, he was, you know, Talking to a shorty, I think back in the days when we was all at HU, real cool, you know, he thought I guess it was going to work out well, but, you know, pretty much as sometimes when you go in relationships, people try to change you, you know, and if mm. you're not going in the same direction, you go on one way, you go on the next. Right. They want you to wear khakis and you want to wear a jean. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think the brother was just a laid back brother, just off some chill vibe, and, and the lady wanted him to wear bow ties and suspenders, and it's like, what Howard student is going to wear that? So they just ended. And, you know, she was like, I need my stuff. And he said, come get it. And it was on the stoop. Right. Just packed it up. Don't ring like the bell. The don't call me. Don't nothing. Just come and get it. But the bad thing about it, though, she did hate all his homies for a long ass time, though. That was crazy. But that ain't nothing to do with it. But to go back to your story. She never, she didn't hate me. <laughs> hey. I didn't have nothing to do with that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. As far as, as what you're talking about, Rob, I mean, um, I agree with Neil, actually. Like, after, um, if I understood you correctly, she left her stuff over there. She wants him to bring it to her. If he don't want to bring it, then, I mean, the she then he leaves it. And he just says, hey, come get it. To me, I mean, this seems pretty cut and dry, unless... You know, he's going to bring it to her. She's going to come get it. Maybe uh, he is afraid or she is af uh, maybe she does not want to come back over to his house because she don't necessarily want to be in the house and things might happen. Blase skipping. I mean, to me, if you leave your stuff someplace, it's it's the person whose house is in. So, I mean, I look at it like this, dog. It's some bullshit. If we broke up, whether we amicable or not, it's your shit. If we along any type of respectful lines, we can either A, meet up halfway, I'll give you your shit, I'll give you, you give me my shit, whatever the case may be. But if we can't come to a, an agreement, I guess you really don't want it. That should have been a goodwill. Bye. Um, Kate, you got any response for that? I mean, this ain't even really like a real question. Like, I can't believe this is a real situation. Just put it in the mail and, and send it off. All thing is that I feel like People are overthinking this. Just 
And you ain't even got to put a return address on it. Just send it to them. Like it's still, it's simple. This is this is not this is a this is a non conversation in my opinion. Like this this is dumb. Yeah, I I I um I would I don't think there's anything wrong with me just putting stuff in a bag, right? Dropping it to the crib and just be like, boom. If if we in the same town, especially if, yeah. Boom. I don't see nothing wrong with that. It's done with. It's over. You don't got to ask me for nothing. And she keeps texting this dude. And I told her, stop texting this dude. Mm. He hasn't responded to my text. Stop texting him. If he wants to come and bring it to you, he will. I don't think anything's wrong with him just dropping it off. I also don't think there's anything wrong with her just getting in her car and going and getting it. Just what do you like? What what do you are, are you trying to show him something like I'll show you you're going to you're going to get that stuff to me. I'm gonna make you bring it to me. No, ain't nothing wrong with just go on and get your stuff. So the item that she left over there was it some draws? She she did not say that they were draws. Because that's normally that's the I'm you know marking my territory item of being left, and they'll be like hid or so I've heard. I don't know for a fact, but like hid under the bed, stuff behind something. She she did not share with me that they were her draws. If so, that's kind of would explain everything. Because I mean, why would you want to travel for some underwear? I mean, whatever. If, if it's yours and you want it, go get it. It's not like an excuse, right? And, and that's what it is, I think. Right. But an excuse for what, though? Maybe, maybe they have some bomb sex. Who knows? She wants to see him one more time. Go one more ride in the hay. He is, he is uh, fumbling the bag immensely then because she's basically saying, come to my house and give me my stuff, but whatever. Yeah, I, I just, if I was in the situation and the stuff was at my crib, like, y'all know I can be, I, I can be evil sometimes. So I would just be like, I ain't got it. <laughs> stop, stop texting. Stop, I don't have it. I don't know where it is. Nah, but for real though, we ain't gonna dwell on it too much. But I do agree with Keltry. It is an easy fix. Put the shit in the mail. Drop it in the mailbox. Boom, you got it. it, it I, that that postage costs more than gas. Hmm. Listen. <laughs> so I would just I would if that's the case I would just drive and drop it off. That's more. Not time. Spend the money to put it in. No. My thing is, why can't she come get it? That's a good question. Whatever. And that's a question I've asked. It's very interesting. We'll see how this plays out. Oh, right. Yeah, we'll see if I, if I, if she's listening, I, I think she's going to listen. Um, I'm certain she is because she listens. Almost whoever, whoever is listening, please give us some feedback because Keltrick really wants some closure. <laughs> so please. Right. Well, I mean, fellas. I mean, wait a minute. If y'all, if y'all listening to this, if y'all got situations y'all want us to respond to, send them in to us. Oh, word. Please do. Down for that. Because it is funny. Like you've actually still, like, asked a question. It will remain in confidence. We're not going to tell nobody, no identifying characteristics, none of that. So, You're going to get four honest points of view. Trust me. You will get some feedback. Don't nobody right. trust what we got to say. <laughs> well, I mean, we got the story wrong, though. I heard the one story around uh, Somebody sent some feedback and you sent you sent the screenshot of it in the Facebook chat that we got a story wrong, but nobody was they didn't they didn't tell us the full details of what story we got incorrect. I forgot what you was talking about. 
I, I know, I remember vaguely what you were saying, but I can't remember what the story right, was. All right, you sent it to us. I, I, I don't want to say the person's name. No, that wasn't, no, that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't the advice piece. That was when we were talking about old dude, um, tall guy, guy car reviews. Like we were just, mm -hmm. we were just wrong in our, um, our unpacking of that story. That's all. Okay. Someone who, you know, who knows mm -hmm. him, works with him, knows the situation. She just, she enjoyed the, the, um, the banter, the but she said, she said we were all we were all wrong on that. Oh, okay. You know, well, there it is. Well, fellas, I mean, um, that's the last thing. We got any last words for the people before we sign off here? Anything, stuff that you want people to watch or know or read or pay attention to? Nothing. Fuck cancer. No. Nope. No chase of the podcast. November third. November third. November 3rd, before you know it. Other than that, no. And to bring back a great phrase, Keltrick, reduce. You say it. I don't want to mess up your slogan. Reduce, I do like it. Reuse, recycle. Hey, listen, in California, those wildfires, man, can you can you believe one of them jokes were started because of uh, uh, the uh, reveal? Yeah, gender reveal. That was crazy. Fireworks. Can you imagine the the bill they gonna get from that? Ridiculous. There's nothing that them people can do. I mean, it is what it is. Um, for me, I want people to watch Lovecraft Country and uh, watch Cobra Kai on Netflix. Yeah. So strike first, strike hard, no mercy. That's my new slogan. Yeah. Yeah. Peace. And on that note, yeah. Um, straight no chase of the podcast. Like. Share, subscribe well, on Spotify, Anchor, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. What else? That's it. Everything. Everything that a podcast is, we out there. All right, y'all. Hey, Chew, you know. Peace. All right. There you have it. Straight, no chaser.